Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 547. For the week of June 20th, 2020, 620202020. It's a lot of 20s. I want you to know that. I'm Chris Privetier. I probably already said that, but I'm still Chris Privetier. I do a show about RPGs every week for reasons I still don't understand. Uh, but it's okay. I'm not game. alone in my insanity. Joining me is Kelly Ryan. Um, I was ready for that. Oh, you were? Okay, good. All right. And uh, Alex Fuller. Obligation is a powerful thing. Obligation. Yeah. That's all I got. All right. Ke- uh, Peter. Hi. Peter Thomas. Hey, I, I don't have a witty thing to say, so just hi. It's okay. Neither do I. My coffee tastes like garbage because I got a new brewing method and I don't know how to use it because I'm a noob. Okay, so good. I, I thought you should all know that. F- French press? No, it's a Hario V60, like my favorite coffee YouTuber uses. Except either A, he likes coffee different than I like coffee, or B, he's just much better at this than I am. I'm leaning towards both. Um, See, I... I myself am all about the Keurig um, because I'm a dirty coffee noob, but I'm the only person in my house that drinks coffee. So the single cup. Uh, no, this is I'm doing method. single. This is this is pour over is what I'm doing. So it's only okay. for one person at a time. I'm so just I guess saying, you could do big pour over. You I, mentioned I, I can't, Keurig. Kelly. I can't. I'm so the the Keurig is so bad. Why does everybody hate the Keurig? Because it doesn't taste good. I also use a Keurig. Thank you, Chris. Or Peter, Team Keurig. You didn't say it tasted good. You just said I I did not say it tasted good, but it works in a pinch. My problem with Kelly is I'm just like I'm a beer snob, I'm also a coffee snob. And so as I've developed my taste and preferences for coffee to higher and higher scale, smaller. Uh, specialty brews. I just couldn't abide the Keurig anymore. The I stick so much uh, creamer in my coffee that it doesn't matter anyway. Like, okay, you're not really drinking coffee. You're, you're yeah, drink, no, you're using I like, coffee as like a, a flavor additive. <laughs> I I like a little um, coffee with my creamer. <laughs> Have you way. tried? Have you tried? This is fun. Putting milk into a French press and a bunch until it froths and then making a fun coffee milk drink with it no if you have a french press give it a try i i don't have a french press oh well they're cheap but yeah (laughs) no i i have my keurig that is uh drm hacked so okay yep got one of those oh is your french or what your drip over thing drm too no <laughs> well there was a no thing i had a Keurig. On. i have a Keurig sitting on my table okay. i've just moved on from it and yeah i had the drm heck because uh for the longest time yeah it wouldn't accept um non-licensed coffee pods so some company just made a little thing that you put on the sensor to avoid that yeah 
and I bought like a dozen of them because they because it's cheap plastic, they tend to break pretty easily. Yeah, that was the funnest thing or the funniest thing is like I felt like I was back in the uh, Saturn era of DRM <laughs> defeating. It's like, oh, so we just put a paper clip here and hold this thing here and then I can make coffee of my own design. Yeah. DRM coffee was the stupidest idea by these guys. Well, what really irritated me is that in in that particular Keurig, you know, I like just using it to make hot water to do ramen. And because of the stupid DRM thing, you couldn't do do that very easily. So that was the main reason why I hacked my coffee maker, which sounds very Oh, yours weird. didn't have just a water setting? Yeah, they I added mean, those it, in later it ones. It did, but you had to like hold the button down. And for me, I just would, you know, want to lift the thing, do lower the thing, and then walk away while it's, you know, yeah, putting coffee, coffee in, or water in my ramen bowl. Got it. Or oatmeal bowl. Yeah, so, they have. Um, yeah, yeah, they added that to later ones or other ones. And then what I think is funny is everyone figured out all their own ink designs that trick the Keurig into thinking they're the same ink design as Keurig has, so it doesn't matter. It just works. <laughs> oh, man. So the whole thing they did is just pointless. And then eventually they was like, they was like screw it, we don't care anymore. Did they pull Do it out? You want. Is it out? Yeah, I think so. I think they pulled it out of the newer ones. Nice. No patches yeah. for the old ones. <laughs> yeah. You gotta buy a new one. They still the got gotcha. you. The whole thing was just stupid, but it doesn't matter. I, I love my Keurig, but I'm I'm also notoriously not a beer snob either in that I like will drink Bud Light just fine and everybody hates Bud Light. So So thanks for joining us on Keurig Cast, where we talk about bad coffee. Coffee um, talk. Oh, Josh is in the chat. Why is Josh not on the call? Yeah, I thought Josh was supposed to be here today. I don't know. Being a jerk. Josh, Josh is not a jerk. Well, I didn't Josh say he awesome. was a jerk. I said he's being a jerk. There's a difference. No, you're confusing him with his cat. Oh, Scotty is a jerk. I have no trouble saying that. No, this this is well known. That that cat. All right, <laughs> so for the users at home, we get we get picture updates of what that cat's up to. And it's it's always deceptive. The cat's like laying there in a cute pose or something. And then you get on a Discord call with Josh, and the next thing that happens is like, Oh, damn it, cat! What are you doing? <laughs> cat's like, I'm unalphabetizing all your games and putting them back on the shelves in a slightly different order so you can't find anything. Hey, to be fair, Al, um, Alice was giving uh, Scotty kind of a run for his money for a while there because you guys would hear Alice leave the amiibos alone <laughs> on uh, over Discord. Yeah, but the amiibos deserved it. No, they didn't. They didn't do anything to her. <laughs> Is she going after your pirated amiibos now? No, because those are like in a nice little organized box. Mm. Oh, well. We should probably talk about what we've been playing. Indeed. It's that time of the show. So, do you want to hear about the Isle of Armor expansion um, for po Pokemon? Oh, yes. 
Well, the um, story mode you could probably finish in about like an hour or two. Oh, geez. Because it, it's pretty much like you go, you get on the island, you go to the dojo, you do a couple of quests for the dojo, you get your cub foo. Um, you level up your cub food to at least 70 or more, and then you go do one of the two, um, w- one of the two towers to, you know, evolve your cub food into either a uh, fighting water type or a fighting dark type. And then you go back to the dojo, you have a fight, and then you're pretty much done. Um... So if if you're wanting to get the Isle of Armor expansion for you know the deep story, you're not gonna be um, you're not gonna be satisfied because it's it's like a very light story. However, I'm always going to Pokemon for the story. Let me tell you. <laughs> however, I will tell you that the Isle of Armor is like a huge wild area, just like the wild area in the base game. And I honestly think this wild area is larger than the one that's in the base game because what? it is it is ginormous. There is like three different caves you can go through. Um, there's like a huge ocean area that you can explore and run around in. And of course, like the wild area in the base game, it has you know sparkles that you can pick up that are just randomly generated that you know have pokeballs or exp candies or what have you and um everything in this area is level 60 so yeah. it's not like a uh, in game or it's, it's oh, definitely it doesn't an scale area. Okay. yeah so and the, the the side quest that i got sucked into for this area is that like one of the first things you run into is a trainer that um, has a diglet on a bridge and the diglet it's an Alohan diglet and it pops up and the trainer's like, Hey, can you find my 151 diglets? What? Yeah. Okay. So, so I've heard about this. Yeah. And I feel like the reward for this is very much like the Zelda reward for finding all the Koroks. Yeah, so, spoiler alert, your reward for finding all 151 diglets is a diglet. An Alohan diglet. You don't need at that point, do you? But the rewards are kind of neat because there there are certain tiers, and at every tier, um, that trainer gives you an Alohan version of certain Pokemon. Oh, okay, so it's not just one diglet you're getting. Yeah. See, like... What pissed me off was that, like, the second-to-last reward was a Rowlet. So I was like, oh, my God, are the next rewards going to be all of the Aloha starters? No. And I'm curious, like, if <laughs> <No>. somebody... <laughs> I'm I'm curious if somebody who has Pokemon Shield, like, gets a different starter other than Rowlet. Um, comment if you have done the side quest and have got a different starter in the side quest. Um, and... Each area, like when you find the diglets, it says there are so many, there are like five diglets left in this area. So you're not just kind of running around lost um, trying to find them. And then I didn't notice until the very end of the quest that uh, there was a chalkboard next to the trainer that I imagine showed, told you like how many you had left in each area, which I oh. didn't even see. <laughs> So that that was fun trying to remember. Okay, did I find them all in this cave? I I had to because I don't see him. 
because you know you see the like their little aloha and diglet hair poking out of the ground only like in some areas they're hidden among flowers and stuff so it's really hard to kind of see their hair sticking out um so and i actually recommend like changing your switch clock to like the middle of the day so that you can see stuff better because i was trying to play this at night and it was like i cannot see this see the little hairs poking up for the ground clutter for crap so um I don't know how I feel about the Isle of Armor because I know that this is only like one half of the expansion that expansions that they have planned. I've I've had a lot of fun with it, and it's definitely catching Pokemon that you missed uh, the first time around. Which, by the way, also one of the first things I caught was a shiny Buffalant, which I didn't even realize was shiny was shiny until I caught it and saw the sparkle on its. Uh, profile pay or on its pokedex entry it was like is that really shiny so i had to catch another one to compare and contrast it it was one of those ones that was like oh it's shiny but it's one of those ones that you can't tell that stinks yeah why can't you tell Be- because some shinies it's like i thought they a... should all have a different color right yeah well, some shinies yeah, you, it's like you, a hair can, difference but... yeah it's Similar colors, just a slightly different shade. Yeah, it it isn't like a shiny Espeon where the. I know it's a lot of shinies. I mean, there's like whole vi- YouTube videos dedicated to the best and worst shinies, but Buffalon is definitely one of the worst ones. I don't. I don't <laughs> like this. Because I've actually got a shiny purple Sharpedo. That sounds game. cool. I got yeah. a shiny. The only shiny I've ever gotten was an Electorb or a Voltorb. So it's like a different color, mm-hmm. it's like blue or something. That's cool, but it's a also like a Voltorb. So who cares? <laughs> oh, and I was also trying to do raids with uh, Zerazora because um, apparently, if a million people fight Zerazora, then um, they're going to give you a shiny one via mystery gift. So do you have to participate in that to get the shiny? I mean, I think you have to, like, beat it at least once. But obviously, the more times you fight that one, it's going to increase the chances of everybody getting one. And you can't catch it. And it says, like, right when you challenge it, you cannot catch this Pokemon. Is this okay? Hmm. So... Uh, I'm hoping that I will get the that shiny one because that is one of my favorite um pseudo legend or no legendary Pokemon. So yeah. Um don't know if anybody has any questions about the Isle of Armor expansion. Is it fun? I mean I had fun with it, but I really like catching Pokemon. So How long did it take you to be done with it? Um I want to say about two days because, you know, I, I got horribly distracted just running around, you know, c- catching dudes and be like, oh, what's over here? Oh, what's over here? I had actually posted pictures of on my Twitter of a whale lord that was just like out in the middle of nowhere. And it's to scale. So that's the first time I've ever seen a whale lord to scale. And it's like, oh, my God, this thing is huge. And then, like, I fought it and then accidentally knocked it out because, of course, I did. Mm-hmm. But um, if if you – some of your favorite missing Pokemon are 
or if you're missing some of your favorites, some of them might show up here. Of course, you know, people are still bitter over the Dexit thing, but oh goodness, get over it. <laughs> well, you, you know, we really have to have like hard hitter Pokemon in the roster, like Dunsparce. <laughs> Everyone's missing their Dunsparce. Because I caught I caught a Dunsparce, and it's like, okay, you're just for the Dex entry now. Get in the box and stay there. Get in the box and don't come out. <laughs> Go live with Ashes Tauros. <laughs> yes. And then the other thing that I played this week was Ease Memories of Celsetta on the PS4. And my God, that's that an game old is game, so much... right? Yeah. I, I mean, I th- I think I said last week it's pretty much just the Vita port or Vita version just flashed on a disc. Um, to the point where like the fonts are it look huge because they were meant to be on a portable. Um, they, they adjusted some of the game, the mini games that were kind of meant for a touchscreen. Like um, in one of the first temples you go into, you have to get a bunch of uh, stone pieces and then arrange them to unlock a door. So that was still in there. Um, all the trophies are the same too. So it's like, Oh, I, I still have my progress from the Vita version in this, and I don't even think this version has transferring. So, <laughs> but um, if you, if you missed out on the Vita version, I definitely recommend this version because it is one of one of the best ease games. And you know, if you're bitter about spending two hundred bucks on a Vita, well, here you go. Um, we'll we'll get into that later with the PS or with the. Um, percent of four port but yeah that, that's pretty much all i've been playing this week i've been busy okay uh, so peter I hear that you've been playing another Pokemon game that has been highly anticipated by orthodontists. <laughs> I have been. Um, yeah, I I decided I was going to give this a try because it looked adorable and I wanted to see what it was all about. Um, and I would tell everybody that if you want to use uh, Pokemon Smile to... Uh, encourage your kids to brush their teeth more. Uh, don't use that. <laughs> <clears throat> and I'll explain. So I downloaded this app and it's adorable. Um, the art style and everything on it is meant for kids and I can see why. Um, but the premise behind it is that you hold your camera up while you're brushing your teeth and you know it shows you a video of you brushing your teeth while you know, showing you where you should be brushing at that time. Uh, you can set all these different times for how long you should brush your teeth and things like that. And as you brush, uh, you basically clean this gunk off a potential new Pokemon. And then at the end of brushing, you get to try and catch it. So I've been using this for like three or four days now and decided, you know, it's, it's, if it was meant to encourage kids, it's not because I haven't <laughs> caught a single Pokemon yet. What? Uh, and I'm, I know, 
I know. And they, I don't they made know it sound if... like all the Pokemon were hiding all over your damn mouth. Yeah, that's so that's the premise, but it just doesn't seem to work. So I've I've run into a few. Um, you get an attempt per brush, and I brush morning and night. So um, I, I don't know if it's based on the time that I set. So I, you know, it's recommended that you brush your teeth for two minutes. Uh, it's, that's the, you know, standard, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if that doesn't clean the Pokemon off enough for me to catch them, but they're usually still kind of sort of covered in that purple gunk that they have. And I throw a Pokeball, and they almost always break out after one or two shakes. Um, and, huh. it, yeah, I just, uh, I guess I was expecting it to be a little more friendly in that regard. But, it, yeah, it didn't end up being so. So, yeah, a couple of days of playing it, uh, no Pokemon caught, uh, but my teeth are clean. Um, <laughs> and, you know, oh, not, that they weren't, not that they weren't before, but... Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. They have all these different little mechanics, you know, and I turned all of them on. So when I brush my teeth, I've got this adorable little squirtle that like sits on top of my head and he's like all happy because I'm brushing. But I feel like some of the practices that they are teaching you in it uh, are also ones that are frowned upon in most of the dental community. So um, they they have you brush pretty vigorously uh, in order to get these things off. And as you know, or maybe you don't know and, and are just hearing it now, but um, if you brush too hard or too fast, uh, you can cause your gums to recede. Yep. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's not good. They they encourage like a back-and-forth motion, uh, which is also not encouraged for the same reason. Um, so basically this is great for your teeth and bad for your gums. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's been it's been interesting. Oh, and then at the end of it, they uh, they show you pictures of that they took, I guess, along the way. And they're like, do you want to save any of these pictures of you brushing your teeth? And uh, I, all I can say is just look at it and laugh at yourself because I have had pictures where I'm, you know, my eyes are closed. Uh, I look like I'm on drugs uh, while I'm brushing my teeth. And in in some instances where, you know, I happen to get a little extra saliva in my mouth or something, you know, it's just like toothpaste in my beard. I'm just like, I this is not flattering at all. Who wants to post these pictures? I I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, if you ever wanted to see how terrible you look while you're brushing your teeth, uh, download this app and give it a shot. But it's I, I don't know. It's young. Maybe they'll make some adjustments to it. I highly doubt it. Uh, given all the other Pokemon apps don't really have any fixes to them, so um, yeah, it's it was a it was an interesting idea in theory, but I just don't think they executed all that well. Um, so yeah, it I no 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 thanks for me hard pass. Um, aside from that, though, I have been pretty much uh, I haven't really been playing a whole lot of stuff. Um, uh, the past couple of weeks have been pretty exhausting uh, for a number of different reasons. So I've just really only been putting most of my time into uh, Fantasy Star Online 2. Uh, I've finished uh, most of Episode 1, I think, at this point, and have uh, almost capped out on my first class, uh, which I chose a Ranger. And uh, I... I said before i wasn't sure if i was going to um 
push forward with any other classes or if I was just going to stay a ranger regardless of if it got capped out or not. But I think I am going to try a few others. Um, I've seen some people doing some pretty wild stuff uh, with like the bouncer class and uh, a few others. Oh, um, Square Enix's most famous game. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the bouncer classes, uh, I want to say they use like they use knuckle weapons and then they use these jet boots. And I've seen people just completely blow away everybody else just in, in sheer damage numbers um, with these boots. And, you know, they go in, they fight a bunch of stuff, and then they fly away so fast that it's really hard to keep up with them sometimes. And I was I was morbidly curious about trying one out. So, um We'll we'll see how it goes, but it's been good. They have a roadmap, and I think we're going to talk about that uh, a little later, so I won't get into too much detail. Uh, but they talked a little bit about what the plans are for uh, the rest of Q2, Q3, and Q4 of um, 2020. Yeah. And uh, it looks like by the end of the year, they're probably going to get caught up uh, to where they are in Japan. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not really sure how well they'll stick to that plan given all the stuff that's going on uh you know with covid and things like that but that uh, seems optimistic anyway yeah yeah i was well, how say, far behind are we again uh, like eight years oh yeah wait really they didn't just like launch us mostly caught up no, no i think they had what episodes one to three i think yes and i believe there's eight yeah so episodes one to three um the level cap is 75 currently, and I think right now in Japan it's 95. Uh, well, there's, only, there's only six episodes, so it might not be too far. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you on that, Alex, as far as it being uh, possibly optimi- uh, too optimistic. And I just don't know how easy or hard it is to implement that stuff since it already exists. Um so it's I, I don't know what work actually goes into it outside of the translation factor and things like that. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm not really sure. Um, you know, speaking I'm hopeful. of, how mm-hmm. is the translation? Uh, it seems good so far. I mean, I I haven't seen anything too uh, too bad. Uh, they definitely need somebody to review uh, the the subtitles um, because I've caught numerous errors um where you know somebody just glazed over it or something like that but uh, all the voice acting seems to be pretty uh pretty good uh i haven't found anybody who's like completely obnoxious or anything there's some weird ones though uh there's like this crazy robotic girl who's like really into killing things um it's almost like a fetish for her and it's uh she's a little bizarre um, but for the most part, they seem to be doing pretty okay with that stuff. Um, I, again, it's not stellar. It, it reminds me of, of what you had said about, um, uh, oh, what game was it? You said, oh, Pokemon, where you were like, you know, we don't play it for the story and, and PSO2 <laughs> is pretty much the same way. Um, I don't know if, if you know this, Chris, cause I don't know how much you played. Of I haven't any played of very much at all. Okay. So they did something a little different in PSO1. Uh, you got most of the storyline by playing through, you know, the episodes. Uh, so the episodes and then the exploration piece and multiplayer piece and all that stuff was kind of all tied together. 
Uh, in PSO2, they kind of separate that out now. So all the stuff you do with like multiplayer and things like that are like, you know, all your questing and your grinding and things like that. There's exploration quests. There's hunt and kill things. There's you know find uh, parts to different animals and bring them back to people. That's all separate. And then when you go into the episodic stuff, uh, that's all of your story. So 90% of what I've played in the episodes has been watching cutscenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have like a 10% chunk of where you actually play a single player mission and go through whatever it is you're going through. Uh, so that's been really interesting because I feel like I have far less of an inclination to play through the story. Um, because I'm not doing it at the same time as I am completing quests and, and things like that. It's, they've, they've really kind of pulled the two apart. Um, but yeah, they, I, I suspect okay. a lot of that is so they could do all that, um, crossover content, which I oh. think is a lot of why I think, why I thought that episode stuff might've been optimistic, but I don't think a lot of that crossover stuff is coming west and there is loads of crossover stuff right right yeah that that makes sense oh, um, that might be why yeah yeah so it since playing they've they've run two events which uh they haven't had separate storyline things to them they've just had kind of a uh i guess like sub quests uh that you can complete with party members and things like that but i haven't seen anything uh that has been like a side story mode to them so i think they ran like a a wedding event in the beginning of june and then they just started a sega anniversary event so the lobby's filled with like sonic characters and there are (laughs) rings rings you can collect in the uh, they have um, costumes based on the bad version of movie sonic (laughs) no none that i found that would be amazing none that i found um there are sonic costumes though all right Um, well, you got to entice me, Peter. Well, uh, no, you already did that this week anyway with that mobile game. Yeah. Should we all play PSO2 today? Let's do that after the show. Sure, I'll be there. No one's into it. Only Peter's into I'll, it. All yeah, right. I'm, I'm, I'm invested. I enjoy the franchise. And, you know, for, for what it is, you know, I, I am fully aware that my bias makes me enjoy the game a little more than, you know, most, I guess. But... The game itself is, I mean, average to just above average. If I were to remove my bias out, it's not a, it's not this stellar Final Fantasy fourteen MMO that, you know, I'm shocked. <laughs> I know, um, but you know, I enjoy it. It's a nice way to kill some time, and and it's, you know, the the quest grinding and leveling and things like that is mindless enough for me to uh, have focused on it um, when I wasn't really itching to play too much other. Uh, too many other games um and then the only other thing i played uh and i've only just dabbled in this a little bit was um the second final fantasy on uh, the playstation portable um so i mentioned that i'd fixed up my console and that i am trying to get through that library so i in case the psp ever decides to die i don't have to be like well that's a, a waste of all these other games um, I think I finally five ruled. I was playing Untold Legends. I, fin- I finally five hour ruled that game, uh, even though it was more than five hours. I just I stopped having fun. It was. I'm surprised you little, ever had fun. Yeah, what it. little fun there was in there. <laughs> it it scratched the um, 
the the Diablo itch for me, so I enjoyed it. You up could to also that just point. play Diablo on the Switch, you know. I could, but I don't want to buy it again. Okay. Um. So yeah, uh, shelved that one, and then uh, decided to dive into this one. I know this one has Final Fantasy II in general has a pretty uh, rough. <laughs> That's one History way to say it. With, yeah, with, <laughs> with fans and stuff. But I feel like it's like that with a lot of the the second NES games of, of that era, I guess. Like Castlevania 2, everybody hated. Uh, Zelda 2, everybody hated. Uh, the only one that seems to stand out is Mega Man 2, right? <laughs> everybody loves Mega Man 2. It's Mass um, Effect 2. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I was saying NES era, but you're right. Mass oh, Effect okay. 2 is also... Uh, a fan uh, everybody's a big fan of that one but yeah so um started that up and uh i you know aside from the fact that i'm playing a port which i know makes some enhancements to like the auto targeting system and things like that and obviously the graphics look a little better and sounds the game sounds a little better um i don't really know uh why people didn't like it as much um i mean it feels pretty much what i was expecting um, the, the lack of leveling as far as like a character level goes definitely feels a little weird. Um, you know, having to beat up on your own characters to increase their yep. HP is kind of odd. Um, <laughs> but I, I'd say the only thing that really, that I've really had a hard time with is there's no hard boundaries in this game. Um, as far as like your travel is concerned. Mm-hmm. So I have run into areas where it's like, oh, you're fighting people that you are fine against. And then two tile blocks away is like an area I was not meant to be in. So, you know, in Final Fantasy, it is it is the golden rule is to save often um, Mm -hmm. and save many times and save on multiple files. Uh, It is exemplified greatly in this game. You must save. Uh, if you see an area that looks like it might be outside of your borders, save it uh, and then explore because you will run into an ant lion that decides to eat your entire party um, and you can't run because your agility is not high enough and you don't know how to raise it because the leveling system is a little bizarre. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely an obtuse game. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's one of those ones where it's like... Um, they tried and I know they wanted to do something a little different. Uh, it's, I don't think it's as bad as everybody makes it out to be, but it definitely requires a little bit of, um, some different thinking to make it work. Um, you can't just go into this like you would any other final fantasy and expect, uh, to be victorious by any stretch. At least you're playing the PSP version where you don't have to worry about spell charges. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I have MP. Uh so that's that's really nice. But yeah, I I forgot. They did spell charges for ages, didn't they? Mhm, cuz it was based off of D&D. Yeah. Yeah. So Peter, I have to ask you a question. Uh-huh. Are you going to play the the better Final Fantasy 2 on the PSP? The better Final Fantasy 2 on the yeah, PSP. Yeah, Final Fantasy 4 and uh its sequel. Yeah, um or did you already I, I do that? Have I no, I I don't think I told you, but I actually I have a save file um that I don't plan on getting rid of uh of Final Fantasy 4. I'm actually at uh Zeramus. Oh. Uh, well, you've already but, done it then. All right. 
Yeah, so I'm I'm almost done with it. I just haven't beaten him because uh, I don't know how. Uh, I think I'm. I think <laughs> hey, I'm if there's one thing I know how to do, it's beat Zeromus. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. have some so experience. <laughs> maybe I'll talk to you offline about yeah. it. But yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm at Zeromus on that game. Yeah, level uh, to fifty-two. Party... Make sure you have nuke. Um, you want to? Ref- oh, never mind. I. You want to reflect nuke off a mage onto him. That way, he doesn't counter you back. And attack with the other guys like Cecil, and uh, you should be good to go. Rosa would just heal a lot. Yeah, hmm. I'll have to look and see what level I am. I feel like I'm around there, but I don't know. I, I know I tried them at least a dozen times, and oh, uh, uh, and set battle speed to three. Is that you have it on one or faster? Um, that'll be slightly slower, but it'll okay. guarantee you can get all your commands in without losing anything. Because one and two are a bit too fast for people t- to get all their commands in before zero misacts. So it's like three is about the right ratio of being fast without being. If you have it really slow, that's fine too. If you're okay yeah, with that. I, I honestly, I don't know. I haven't turned it on in years. So okay. I'll have to uh, take a peek. But, yeah, that's been it for me. Cool. Um, I have been playing two things. Civilization VI continues, and I'm still enjoying the heck out of that. I finally um, did a game where I won against the computer. Uh, But it came after a game where I just did, like, quick play. And I got my butt kicked by France. Or was it the U.S.? I don't know, I did one of each where I lost. And it was very demoralizing. And I came out of those two games, I'm like, I can do this. And I load up another game the next night. And it's like, like, I can do this, I can do this. And then one night, I started a fresh game. I said, I'm going for cultural victory. And I read up a little bit about how culture victory works and realized there are things you don't understand just from playing the game about how culture victory works in Civ Six. So I learned how to make national parks. And I said, okay, I can do this now. And I did it and i kicked the computer's butt by thinking ahead and planning and actually executing all the culture things and having counter spies in place after getting owned by people spying on me multiple games in a row and with all that together i was able to to win within a night so i started a game at like 6 or 7 p.m and finished it at like midnight and or 11 30 and then I felt so good. And I popped, like, so many achievements. <laughs> it's like, you finish game on easy. You get, finish the game on sort of easy. You finish game on normal. It gives you all three because it was on normal. And uh, a bunch of other things. I was like, okay, I can sieve. So I was like, all right, <laughs> I'm going to take a day off of sieving, and, and then what? And I realized, I think I want to play more sieve. <laughs> So it's like, no, I'm supposed to stop and do something else. <laughs> nah. So I played more Civ. Uh, so now I have more things going on. And um, what is what am I doing now? I'm doing uh, going for a domination victory with the Ottoman Empire. And that's fun. Uh, Did you see people. they have a um, an app version of that now? Civ 6? Yeah. We talked about that last week. Um, oh, sorry. The problem with the iOS app... It's not as up to date. It doesn't have the new DLC, 
and I'm con- and it doesn't have the thing where you can save the played uh, your save to the cloud and then resume on other platforms. Oh, that's a bummer. It is a bummer because otherwise it's actually a better version than the Switch version. But huh. and the DLC and stuff is not like in-app purchases or anything like that. It is. It is. It is. It is. Except they don't have the Frontier Pass yet. Ah. So they have all the DLC up to that new Frontier Pass. Um, And they don't have the multiplayer cloud, or the the saving on the cloud. So it's like, hmm. Hmm. We'll have to see. Like, Also, I've already bought the game and all its DLC on both PC and the Switch. And I think I should just be good with that. The problem is the Switch version is slow. I made a mistake. Yes, it is. I loaded... Kelly, I made... So the current game I'm playing through, this Domination Victory, I've mm-hmm. set it down to easy, and I'm like, I'm going to go and comp stomp and, and reap a red rune across the map, which is fine. The problem is I made the map as big as it can be with the most civs, the most free cities, the most everything, and the switch struggles to load that thing. It takes like five minutes of load time just to get in. And then turns are like 30 seconds to process all the computer po- turns. It's not great. <laughs> yeah, I mostly bought the switch version for like late night practice to get the hang of the system. Then it was 20 bucks. Yeah, so I'm starting to wonder if caring about saving my save back and forth between two versions is actually something I want to do given how slow the big maps are on the, on the switch. Maybe I should just do switch only games that are tiny. (laughs) Mm. Also, I have noticed that sometimes having Sean Bean do your narration is a fun thing. So whenever I unlock animal husbandry, which is like one of the first technologies you do in the game, um, well, whenever I unlock a technology, period, I'm just spamming like uh, escape or A or enter, whatever it is, to like to get out of the screen and just get on with the rest of the game. Because normally what happens is a card describing the technology pops up and Sean Bean write, reads something like, uh, the, they say not to reinvent the wheel, but blah, 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 blah. And it's usually something funny. Well, the mm-hmm. one for animal husbandry starts out, I am fond of pigs. <laughs> Dogs look up to you. Cats look down on you. But pigs treat you as equals. If you spam the escape key, all you hear is, I am fond of pigs, and that's it. <laughs> so I really like hearing about Sean Bean as fond of pigs. <laughs> I mean, I'm fond of pigs too. They're very tasty. Yes. <laughs> I am fond of pigs. <laughs> it's like, it's not a Civ game till I hear him tell me he's fond of pigs. <laughs> Uh, so dang that's now my I want some bacon yeah bacon the other thing I've been doing uh, last weekend the Final Fantasy V 4Job Fiesta started so if you go to 4JobFiesta.com you can join in with this uh, it's a charity thing it's raising money for uh, some Black Lives Matters initiatives this year and um, if you don't know they assign you your four jobs you get to use. Those are the only four jobs you get to use. You can swap between them as needed. There's some variations on that. You can read the rules. There's a Discord server for questions and help. 
Um, there's a bunch of apps out there and guides if you need them. Um, there's a Reddit and there's a post on the Reddit that has all the guides. Um, but uh, it's fun, and so I've I've got a stream going of that. Uh, I'm streaming it right now, actually. Um, but I've got the Final Fantasy V going, and I'm using a special build of Final Fantasy V, the one created by the Final Fantasy V Career Day Randomizer. They've made a quality of life build, uh, or ROM hack, for the SNES version of Final Fantasy V that gets rid of like all the cutscenes, which, if you've played Final Fantasy V, you know it has many, numerous, lengthy unskippable, unpress A to advance the text, just wait for things to happen cutscenes, including starting the game. Mm -hmm. So when I booted up this quality of life mod and it's like, okay, you're in the forest, go ahead and and go kill the two goblins. And like, wait, I don't have to watch like the dawn break and uh, Lena's father fly away from the castle. Yay. (laughs) I saved so much time. So this is great. And it lets you do a couple other things. Um, you, you can choose how hacky you want it to be. Do you want like blue magic learning to be on all the time or not uh, without having to equip the skill? Uh, I have it so that I'm always auto running because that's just nice. Otherwise, movement is slow in this game. So, mm-hmm. yeah, between skipping the cutscenes and the auto running, it's like that's enough tweak to make this pretty cool. And I'm keeping a running tail, uh, timer just to see how long it takes me to beat this game in general. And right now, my jobs are freelancer. Yes, one of my guys will always be a freelancer. That kind of sucks. Uh, Berserker. Yeah, Berserker. Um, Black Mage. And I haven't unlocked the fourth job yet. So I'll be doing that soon. And um, hopefully not another Berserker, but could be. And that's Yeah, I'm... The one time I did for a job, I uh, screwed myself over pretty bad because I had um, Berserker and Beast Tamer, or I think the the one with the sheep costume, which is like two of Beastmaster, yeah, yeah, Beastmaster, which is like two of the most worthless abilities, and uh, then I had that one fight. I, I think I said this last week. The four crystals, one, yeah, yeah, the four crystals. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm sucks. I'm done. Yeah, I, I've I had run stop at that fight and be like, nope, not doing this anymore. <laughs> and I should have just paid to uh, job you know, change. re-roll, yeah. but at that point I was just like, nope, I'm done with this game. I See, don't now, care. I used to be against that, but now that I'm like realizing that you know this is a charity thing, I'm way more open to it. Well, no, I gotcha. It's like, oh, I shouldn't need to have to do a job fair to finish the game. You're right. You don't have to. But this is a charity event, so it's okay. (laughs) Have fun. (sighs) That's all I've been playing. Alex, you apparently, according to the chat, have been eagerly awaiting NHL games. No, not really. No? Okay. All right. What have you been playing? I've been playing Persona 4 Golden. Oh, why? Yeah, haven't you already there's... beaten that like twice? Yeah. <laughs> hey, there's always room for Persona Four. So I I bought that as soon as it got announced and released because I'm like I want to support Atlas putting the Persona games on PC. But I'm left with the question: Am I actually going to play it? And I don't know the answer to that. So why did you choose to play it, Alex? Well, I got the review code, so I've been playing it for three weeks. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. 
Um, I've, I've been thinking of replaying it anyway, especially after playing through Persona 5 Royal. So it, it sort of popped up at a time when I was considering it anyway. So I, I'm happy that you guys have a positive attitude about it because, boy, there's some bitter Atlas fans out there that are saying that Atlas betrayed them. How? Which... Uh, I I don't know. It's people whining over nothing. It's people that hate the PC. The the post that I saw on Facebook in particular was someone spent two hundred dollars on a Vita just so that they could play Persona Four Golden, and they were angry about it. And it's like, well, when did I they mean, do this? Like five years ago? Of, Who cares? I, I want to say like a month ago. Oh. I don't know. It was a dumb Facebook post, but it's it's like I'm I'm playing the world's tiniest violin for you. If you if the worst problem in your life is overpaying for a Vita so that you could play one game, then I don't I don't feel sorry for you. Yeah, I don't really have any sympathy for that. <laughs> Especially since you know the Vita has very excellent games and it's not a just a two hundred dollar paperweight. Oh, but I, yeah. I digress. Yeah, so there's, there's a few things that are sort of striking when you first play it on PC. Seeing the, the font in that size and those faces sort of with the HD models is a little bit jarring at first, but it's <laughs> you get used to it very quickly. So it, do, it does look good with all the HD sort of textures. You kind of... You kind of had the same thing I was dealing with with years about how big everything looks, huh? Yeah, but no, it it works well actually on on the screen. So yeah, you can, I mean, Persona Four is obviously a PS2 release, so it's yeah. always been built for ATV in the first place. There's no major changes. To it. it is a little bit weird playing the game now because it's quite clearly a game that was originally made in the late 2000s. So forth. So yeah, just some just some of the things that happen and its attitudes towards things are a bit weird. Mm-hmm. That was one of the first games that I had actually played on a um, HD TV. I noticed how yellow it was. Yeah, very much so. Well, that, at that yeah, point. that's yeah. Atlas using its color schemes. Because I think Persona Three was blue. Persona. Persona 4 yellow and Persona 5 is red, so. I think Persona 5 was definitely the one that was easiest on the eyes, as far as UI. At least for me. Well, that UI is amazing. Yeah. Oh, of course. But, I mean, you can see all the neat touches in the 4 UI as well, because it's obviously got all the TV-based bits to go along with the the themes everything like that, so. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the continent and PC version is pretty much exactly the same. There's a couple of changes. So you have the flexible difficulty, which I believe was only available on the new game plus. So you can sort of adjust the individual parts so you can say you get more money sort of more in line with like the easy setting, or you can reduce that to being more in line with the hard. But yeah, you can do that with sort of the five different aspects of it things like that but yeah i mean it's it still holds up really well apart from a couple of weird things i did like the settings being one of my favorite ones just because i like that small town feel and how it handles it mm-hmm. so and yeah the characters the characters are great as well movie is still the best there's um uh when i was going through uh persona 3 portable 
there was a character in there that was, uh, I think they ended up recycling that character and uh, making it uh, Yukiko. Um, I forget what her name was, but you run into her during like summer break. Oh, uh, Chichiro. I'm sorry? Chichiro. Yeah. 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 She's basically the current school council president of the Persona 3 school because you go on a visit to. Right. Yeah. To that school in September, I think. Yes. So, yeah, it was it was funny running into her because I'm like looking and I'm like, she looks an awful lot like Yukiko. And uh, I mean, it was the hairband, the hairstyle and everything. It was like it was almost all identical. I'm like, yeah, they definitely plucked this and put it into four. Um, I don't know if that's a common thing for them to do or not, but it was. Uh, it was uh, I'm not sure. I think it's more it's a tropey style character more than anything else. Mm, gotcha. It's, it's just a fairly co- common character character template. There's a bit more to Yukiko's history that differentiates there, but yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm enjoying that. I think I'm I'm basically towards the middle of September now, so I'm calculating probably what two thirds of the way through. And you've been playing for three weeks? Yeah, sort of. I mean, I didn't okay. get that much done this week because of all the stuff that got announced. I got worried. <laughs> yeah, and I've also been still been playing Xenoblade, so that also eats up hours. It's it's not one I've been devoting all time to. And speaking speaking of Xenoblade, I've just finished uh, Galahad Fortress, which you'll only know what what point that is if I if you've actually been there and I've just got a certain character who, if I say anything else about it, would be a massive spoiler. Okay. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's still Xenoblade. I think my feelings on Xenoblade are well known by this point. Pretty much. See, yeah. Now, now I'm blanking on that point in the game. It's been a hot minute since I've played that. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I know where you're at. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to say anymore. Cause if I, I can say the name safely, but if I say any details about it, then yeah, no, I, I know where you're at. So cool, man. You've you've covered a path through this game. Uh, not really. I think I've I think I've got about forty to fifty hours on the clock at the moment. I've, I have been doing all the side quests. <laughs> yeah, now that you can do them easier, it's kind of hard not to. Yeah. The, the affinity chart does look like a thing of beauty now. Awesome. I've just got, I've just got that corner to fill out. And yeah, apart from that, I've I've started getting into my racing. Oh, tell me more about i racing. I just get into i racing. Do you yeah, buy a wheel? Well, I've got a wheel, yes. Ah, you, you need a wheel, you really do, because it's it's proper simulation stuff. So if while you can do certain bits of a control with a controller, you're m- much slower than anyone who's using a wheel. So, are you using one of those like force feedback wheels that kind of head back to the center like a real car does? Well, I think pretty much all the ones that you buy now do that. Oh, do they? 
Yeah. The reason I'm asking is because I also need a wheel for something undisclosed. Yeah. Well, I did I did buy the the Logitech ones, so the ones that sort of recommended if you're just getting into stuff, which is I think it's either the Logitech G29, which is for PlayStation, and the Logitech G920, which is for Xbox. Okay. But both of those work on PC. Nice. But yeah, they're the recommended entry point ones. Which is what which is what I picked up, and yeah, it's going well. So iRacing is basically all online sim racing against other other people. You start off with a rookie license, and then you go up to DC, etc. And you basically start off with the slower cars, and then as you unlock more series, you get into the more serious stuff against against better racers. So I've just unlocked the. D license and you go up you go up license basically by not crashing so you have a safety rating and you need to basically be at a certain safety rating to get promoted so as Ben asked I've sort of been doing all sorts so I've got the D license in both oval and road racing so yeah you've got all types of racing in there basically excellent that sounds cool. You enjoy, yeah. You're having fun with that. All right. So, yep. is that all we've been playing? I believe so. It's probably enough. All right. Should we get on to the news? Uh, not before. Oh, question of the week. Question of the week is what I meant to say. Actually, you meant feedback. <laughs> feedback from yes. the last question of the week. That's what I meant, but. <laughs> Which was something. Uh, yeah. When do you buy How do you buy the... new consoles? When yeah. do you buy new consoles? Right. Okay. Shaman wrote in and said, I prefer to buy the newest console when it's had a price drop or a revision. And that's especially going to be true when the PS5 will retail for $599. Probably in US funds, too. I don't know if it's $599. Didn't we hear it's going to be $499? They have I have heard so many rumors at this point. It's probably one or two. Yeah. Strawberry Egg said, Of course, I should have realized that 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim English dub delay is due to COVID-19. The My Hero Academia English dub of the anime was delayed until very recently, so it makes sense that the game's dub was delayed and patched in later, too. Anyway, for as to question of the week, I usually wait about a year to buy a new console. I tell myself it's whenever there are enough games I'm interested in that are released for it, but that tends to take about a year anyway. The only exception is the Wii, which I bought at launch and even went to the midnight release for. Me too. Um, my release for the Wii was not a midnight release. It was like a 8 a.m. or 6 a.m. release. So we went and stood outside in the cold in front of Toys R Us. But, yeah, I did that. That was dumb. We don't have to do that anymore. Everything should be delivered, pre-ordered and delivered. No more lines. Done with lines. All right. Uh, Platinum 3 says I buy consoles once I know Dragon Quest exclusives are coming I even <laughs> waited two years on the Switch to get Dragon Quest 11s. Good answer That's, that's our Platy. I like that Alright 
Victor says, for both budgetary and backlog reasons, I won't buy a new console until it has at least one exclusive game that I absolutely must play right now. I've been burned anyway. Even though I waited several months to buy a Switch, I still got one of the earlier models with a predisposition towards overheating. In order to play it while docked, I have to turn on an internal Switch fan that my roommate installed and point an external fan to blow on the Switch or it will overheat and shut down after 20 minutes. Wow. Yeah, I've never you... heard of this. That's a problem with your Switch that Nintendo should fix. Yeah, I was going to say, you should reach out to Nintendo because that's not okay. I have a launch mm-hmm. Switch and it doesn't do that. Yeah, same here. <laughs> nope. I know dealing with Nintendo might feel um, imposing, but I found them to be really accommodating in general. Yeah. They're just below Amazon, but above just about everybody else as far as taking care of you. And they have a good customer service script, so you feel good while talking to them at least. (laughs) Yes, you do. Mm -hmm. Also, their whole music is all Nintendo stuff. so that's true. (laughs) It's worth calling just for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Crawl wrote in and said the Switch is the only console I've bought at launch and will probably remain so. Not many other platforms can boast a launch title like Breath of the Wild. Although we had a Zelda launch. Well, whatever. That said, I got the PS2 within a lo- year of launch and the PSP within the first two or three months. And I actually had the PSP Switch from Japan So it was really not long after the EU launch. Quite tempted by the next-gen consoles, but I don't really have the time or money to justify the purchase, especially time. Starting a backlog on another platform doesn't really have much appeal. I feel you, but I think Peter and I are ready to start our new backlogs, right? Yeah. Let's go. I was was waiting to see how much backwards compatibility there was going to be. but, I mean, even having the ability to play PS4 games is enough for me to say I can fork up my PS4 now and go to the PS5. Um, and, and my console situation doesn't change all that much. So I just, uh, it is a bummer that in order to play, you know, disc games, you have to have that, the console with the weird bump. <laughs> is that Time all for digital? physical to die, I guess. Yeah, that all digital one looks great, and then the you know physical one, it's like, hey, we're just gonna Did you add see this how huge they are, Peter. Pump. Did you look at the graphic that normalized the sizes based off the USB ports and the CD slots? No, I didn't. Okay, Relative is it size, is it big? PS five. Uh, oh, where's the thing? No, I ha- I've seen a lot of people saying things about how. The PS5 looks a lot like a router. Yep. And uh, that made me laugh. I saw one that had a uh, made it into the top part into a cat face and called it the five. I my biggest fear with it and getting one is those little fins on it. You know, right around the time it launches, I'm going to have a toddler. Oh, no. And, uh, yeah, I, I really don't want to have to deal with those fins breaking off. Oh, I see. The, uh, yeah. Graphic. The wow, PS5 is gigantic. Big. That's insane. Yeah. 
<sighs> it's huge. So um, even sideways, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be bigger than the PS3 original version, which yeah. that's my benchmark of this thing's too big. So the George Foreman <laughs> grill. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's massive. Isn't it? So the Xbox uh, Series X is actually um, thicker, um, but yeah, that looks like a uh, cancer-inducing um, external hard drive. The PS5 or the Xbox? No, the Series Xbox. X? Xbox. Oh. Just anything that's an ominous black cube. All right, it's uh, a fridge. Makes me feel <laughs> Series uncertain. X is just a tiny little fridge, though. Yeah. Um, let's see. They actually released this. Xbox. Oh, the X- the Xbox image of it next to a fridge. Fridge for comparison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Xbox had to assure us that it's smaller than a fridge by putting this image out. It's <laughs> 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 the best thing. <laughs> See, it's smaller. Here's a fridge for scale. It's much smaller than a fridge. That's amazing. I mean, I mean, that's only slightly better than using a banana for scale. It's a banana for scale. <laughs> yeah, so this thing's going to be huge. Like, freaking huge. Um, wow. I mean, both of them are going to be huge, but at least the Series X, once you turn it sideways, uh, it you can, because it's a nice square design, it doesn't feel like it's ex- extending itself in ways it shouldn't. Though it's still going to be pretty hard to fit into an entertainment center. And if you stand it up in fridge mode, then, I mean, I don't know. It'll I hope that becomes for your the cat, official term. Say that again? Like, I hope that becomes the official term. It's like fridge PC mode? mode or fridge mode. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in fridge mode, it's like you might as well just like put it, put it off to the side like your subwoofer. I was actually just thinking that like two seconds yeah. ago. It looks like a subwoofer. They could be right next to one another and, you know, no worries about the magnetic fields in your subwoofer destroying it. To, to which I don't know about your cats, but my cats love to use the subwoofer as a platform in my house. Uh, mine is underneath the entertainment stand, so they can't. Ah. Uh, yeah. I unfortunately have a, I just have a TV stand with all my consoles in it and the TV wall mounted. So I have to do the side subwoofer thing. And that's usually how Alice likes to get on top of it and destroy things. Hmm. Alice is a jerk, by the way. We, yeah, we've heard. Um, oh, what is this? I should clarify that's a cat, not a. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I forgot that we have a staff member named Alice. No, Al- Alice the cat. Alice. <laughs> Actual Alice is awesome, but Alice the cat is just a little jerk. But she's cute. <laughs> All right. So, Brennan is very insistent. We mentioned that the PS5 is big because of the extra cooling. And that's fine, but like, it's got that extra cooling because it has a lot more processing in it too. So I don't know if it's really going to run that quiet or not. They tell us it will, so we'll see. Um, I'm, I will, I'm, yeah. 
sorry, I'm probably going to wait for a hardware revision on that. I'm wondering if we'll ever see liquid cooling in our consoles. I liquid feel like cooling it's... isn't like the end all be all of cooling, like people seem to think it is. If you get a no. decent air cooler, it's much less maintenance and much more um, affordable than liquid cooling, you know? Yeah, but I, you know, for a lot of these consoles, the number one thing is overheating, um, yep. and you can't fit too many physical fans without making these monstrosities. Well, liquid cooling works with a radiator, Peter, so you still need a fan with a radiator. It's just sure. usually you, you put it to the side, and you have a giant fan that can run slower but push tons of air and be quiet. But sure. that adds a lot of space to your design. So, I don't know. It's not, not sure. a space, a compact space design thing. Well, yeah. I mean, unless you made the bottom side like a laptop does with, you know, open vents for fans. I, I, I just feel like laptops, you know, they, they keep the space pretty minimal and use, you know, liquid cooling and things like that. And they well, seem where's to have... the liquid cooling in your laptop? Which laptop's doing liquid cooling with a compact design? Uh, just about every uh, new gaming laptop. Asus is uh, doing it. What? All right, I gotta go look at some of these. Well, there's on a channel I watch. Oh, this is from 2017. Six. Th- okay, 2017. Of course, it's expensive. Okay. Well, I wonder if it's a good liquid cooling solution. I'll have to find out. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. What is this dock in the back? What? All right. I don't know what's going on. All right. This is what I get for doing research on the show. It doesn't work. (laughs) Okay. I'm intrigued by if someone could actually make liquid cooling that makes you overall lose or use less space Mm -hmm. and get you better cooling. Because I feel like liquid cooling would add to the space usage of this thing. But I want to be wrong. Because that would be a good thing to be wrong about. Um, Actually, the form factor of the Xbox Series X, I felt, gave us a good opportunity for liquid cooling. But they didn't go with it. They went with a very tight, modular, giant fan. Which is fine as well. But it's interesting, I think. Oh, heat pipes. Heat pipes everywhere. And not a drop to drink. That's, that doesn't make any sense. All right. No, it doesn't. No. What's our question of the week for next week? We had two suggestions in the sheet. Oh, all right. Favorite low-key game of not E3? Or have you ever regretted a game console purchase because of a port later on? <laughs> I like that later one, personally. But, what do you think? I can, I could go either way. Um, I wasn't really paying attention to a lot of the releases this week, so... It's like, the not E3, I, don't, I, I need like a summary of what actually happened, because I feel like I missed it. <laughs> yeah, I did too. I, I didn't realize it was happening, and then yeah. everybody's like... Announcing stuff. I knew it was happening, and I felt like I missed it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a bit weird because it was it spread out a lot more, and I think by the end of it, I was getting tired of stuff. 
And there's also the fact that there's more stuff coming next week. So we've got the New Game Expo Plus, or the New Game Plus Expo, which is NIS Atlas, etc., announcing stuff. So, oh, that'll be relevant stuff for us. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's go for the second one. All right. Have you ever regretted a game console purchase because of a port later on? Game slash console purchase. Oh, game slash console purchase. Re- referencing the Vita. Yep. And my, my answer for this is the PS4 version of Dragon Quest Eleven because arguably the Switch got the best version of that. Yeah, but I don't regret it. It was still a good game. No, I, I don't, definitely don't regret it either. I loved it, and I wanted to play. Um, I, I mean, I'd be willing to play it twice, and I wanted to play it as soon as it came out to avoid spoilers. But I, I did slightly regret it when. Dragon Quest Eleven for me is a weird game. I have, I've only, I've only rolled credits on the PS4 version. Didn't do the post game story stuff, which I know adds a lot. And I haven't played the... I haven't even rolled credits on the Switch version. And yet I still don't regret either purchase. And I really enjoy the game. It's just a good RPG. Yes, it is. Yeah. Let's go back and finish that. Uh, Alex is going, eh. He doesn't agree. Yeah, I, yeah. my usual, I, I'm not a fan of Dragon Quest. Oh, that's okay dragon quest can be obtuse tell us about your game slash console purchase that you might regret because of a later on port by emailing us at podcast.rpgamer.com call or text us at 608-729-4098 or listen to the show um excuse me or leave feedback on the show's website rpgamer.com which is actually sorry that's the rpgamer website the show Never mind. You know what I mean. That's where our show's stuff is. You leave comments. RPGamer.com. Go to the podcast section. Leave it there. Okay. We have some editorial content. Persona 4 Golden PC Impression. Did you write that, Alex? I did, strangely enough. But not a review yet, because you're not done. No, I need to finish it. Yep. You can see HD Igor News. Chris Tales yeah, I, took a, has, I took a lot of screenshots. Yes, you did. Uh, Chris Tale has a demo impression up on our site, so you can go see their impressions of the demo of Chris Tales. There's yeah, a summer. Actually, yeah, that was a demonstration of like two to three hours gameplay that I got taken through. Oh, okay, that sort of demo. I thought they yeah. had a demo on Steam or something. Sorry, well, they've got a demo on Steam as well, but this is oh. stuff that happens after the demo. Ah, so you have a guided demo impressions. Yep. It looks really good. Right. Summer and Mara is out. I think it's out, right? Yeah, it's out. And then uh, yeah, we've got out. impressions of that by Michael Baker. We have a JRPG study time um, looking at the mechanics of Persona 5 Royal by Trent Gleason. Um I don't know that I agree with this never topples thing because the end of that game. Hmm. All right. Anyway, Pong Quest. There's a review for Pong Quest by Sam Wachter. I'm so sorry, Sam. She didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. Move on. 
<laughs> Go read the review to understand her pain. Uh, Light Fairy Tale Episode 1 has a review by Matt Mason. I don't know what this is. It's sort of looking to be a PS1 style JRPG, I think. But right. it's episodic, so. So you can play an incomplete JRPG. Alright, there you go. I think he refers to it as a paid prologue, which is not a good sign. <laughs> Sam Wachter also played Game Director Story Demo? What? Game Director Story. Alright. You play as Aulis, not Alice, Aulis, who is a game director who... Oh, because everyone's animals, Anna says. Um, a game director oversees a team charging to the finish of their current project. You have 14, day, uh, 14 days to finish the project, and you have to make decisions. So this is like an adventure game, right? Yeah, pretty much. Cool. So it's a video game about project management? <laughs> Sure. I need I to play so. this for my actual job. This might help me. <laughs> When's it out? The demo's out now. The planned release is later this year. All right. I'm going to add that. Play it when it's out. That's cute. All right. We have some headlines. Baldur's Gate 3 has a new trailer and some early access planned for August. Actually, I think that's the entirety of the story, isn't it? Uh, and yeah, pretty much. They had a gameplay stream you could go check out. That all came out the first day of the Gorilla Collective, I think, right? Uh, the early access stuff did. The gameplay stream was a couple of days ago. Oh, okay. Cool. Persona 4 Golden, of course, out on PC. We've mentioned that. Uh, you can go get it now for 20 bucks. Torchlight 3 is on Steam Early Access for 30 bucks. Oh, it's available now. I didn't know that. I didn't. I thought they were just saying, hey, it's coming soon. No, it's out. It's available, rather. It's not out because it's early access, but. Oh, all reviews mixed. <clears throat> I gotta know. Yeah, I gotta I'm know. not paying, paying money to beta test someone else's game. I like this. Not recommended. Played for about 33 hours, just uninstalled. Game definitely has promise. <laughs> Although so far, I think Torchlight Two was the better game. Okay. Um, next one, not recommended. Which pains me. Difficulty. I I work next door to flagship for. Okay. Okay. Blah 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 blah. Online only is insanity. Okay. So far, I'm just seeing a lot of complaining because this isn't Torchlight Two, as though that was the second coming. You know. Hey, they're taking a taking a note from Diablo players. I just don't even I don't even know. I I can't trust reviews. Or I I can't trust user people. reviews. I can't trust users. That's my problem. Listen, this is a game where you blow things up with streams of living ember and a ferret runs next to you carrying all your items. What more can you want? You have a ferret. Or in- in my case, a cat. Okay. Well. Um, but yeah, it's 30 bucks. It's not out yet. It's only early access. It's perfect world, so I don't trust them. So. <laughs> so don't trust me. 
because I'm I'm no better than a user apparently. All right. Mm. We talked about Chris Tales having a demo impression that uh, Alex got walked through. Uh, the game is launching November, specifically November seventeenth. PC, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, Stadia, and PS5 and Xbox One Series X coming later. So. Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. A game who has a very creepy trailer that is turning off some that I thought was going to play that game, my wife, um, in a way that she may not end up playing this game now. (laughs) They unveiled a collector's edition for $170 slash 170 euros. That is some BS because those are not equivalent currencies, but whatever. Um... Well, you the can... Euro ones include tax. Oh, okay. The US doesn't. Uh-huh. Detailed map of Seattle, a 7-inch vinyl soundtrack, a 28-centimeter LF figurine, a steelbook case, a digital Vampire the Masquerade 5th edition core rulebook, three pieces of DLC. Whew. That's what you get for all your monies. Go pre-order now, I guess. Subject... 2923 DLC has been announced for Remnant from the Ashes. That's a Perfect World Entertainment and Gunfire Games game. Subject 2923, it's coming to Remnant from the Ashes. I haven't played Remnant from the Ashes. Is that a Dark Souls style game? I don't remember. Um, so, so, I think it's Dark Souls y, but with shooting, if I remember correctly. Alright, cool. So, that's a thing. Go get that if you're interested in that game, I guess. Um, let's see. We have Steam Game Festival, which has uh, an end date of Monday. But it's the first of many Steam summer game type things going on. So just these are just going to keep happening. So the Steam Game Festival is like the first one. But there will be more things, more sales and stuff going on. So right now it has... Uh, Limited time demos for a large number of games, which is silly to me. If you have demos, leave them so other people can play them later and be interested in buying your game. What's wrong with demos? Okay. Let me calm down. Games involved in the event, which includes like a 24 by 7 live stream. So someone's always playing a game from this event. Um, that you can from developers from one of the games are always playing something as part of this event. Uh, titles include Haven, Monster Crown, Tears of Avia, Jack Move, Chris Tale, She Dreams Elsewhere, Scalboy, Undungeon, Solasta, Crown of the Magister, Black Book, The Dungeon of Nihulbuk, The Amulet of Chaos. Wow, that's the whole name. The Dungeon of Nihulbuk, The Amulet of Chaos, Fae Tactics, Vagris, colon, The Riven Realms. Those are just the RPGs that we think you'd be interested in. So go check those out. Uh, see if that... I don't know that all of those have demos, but uh, many of them do. So you can go check it out. And uh, What's up with the Celasta one? I kickstarted that. Right? Yeah. I should go check that out. I should know. I should read my emails. If I read my emails, I would know about the Kickstarters that I backed and what they're doing. Alright, well... Mr. Uh, Peter Thomas told you earlier... No, it was Kelly who told you this yep. earlier. 
um, the sh- expansions for Sword and Shield are out. The Isle of Armor. Um, that's the first one. Uh, but that was uh, that coincided with an event that Pokemon did, where they announced this stupid toothbrushing game. A weird puzzle game where it looks like all you do is spin stuff in a circle for a while until it's done. Um, which I don't understand how that one works. But I also don't care. Because they announced a new Pokemon Snap. Woohoo! Finally! 20 years it has been since Pokemon Snap, so it's time to announce a new one. Woo! Good uh, job, they've always, they've always said that the reason why they've never made a sequel is because they thought that the novelty of taking pictures was over thanks to smartphones. What? I was like, no, it's that's, that gets people interested in taking photos. That that's a what? <laughs> I'm just that telling you what make, I've heard. That doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> well, it's no like one has it. a regular camera anymore. Now you have smartphones. So why would you want to take pictures? Wait, what? I mean, yeah. as long as it doesn't involve brushing your teeth, if you put, <laughs> Pokemon, if you put Pokemon on anything, we're gonna want it. All right. More or less. So, uh, obviously, new Pokemon from the current games. So, But other than that, it looked like Pokemon Snap. A lot of walking around and or being on rails. That part's still not clear. And watching Pokemon do things, waiting for the right moment, taking a picture. I did not see any Professor Oak saying, Oh, nice shot, or anything like that. Um... I also, I also didn't, didn't see anything to indicate they decided to, you know, evolve the game formula at all. And I'm sorry, but like it's been 20 years. Just because we wanted another one doesn't mean we want the same thing. I do expect you to, you know, do something more. <laughs> and Nintendo, yeah. some some game series just have this issue of let's just do the same thing we did last time. And maybe there'll be something slightly different, and we'll think that, like, see, this is how we made it better. And people are like, you barely did anything. <laughs> I do hope the Pokey Flute has uh, nods to those original tunes, though. <laughs> All right. Just say. Uh... See, I think, I I hope that there's going to be, like, on-rail segments, but also on-foot segments where, you know, you're actually in a little bit of danger. Well, I feel like the... Oh, okay, that's an interesting way to do it. I feel like yeah. the way that Pokemon Snap had a game was by being on rails because then there was timing involved. And without the timing, you could just sit there and wait for the Pokemon to do whatever until you get your shot, which... Yeah. Well, I mean, imagine be very trying, challenging. To up, trying to sneak up on a couple of mill tanks to take a photo and oh, then you, you don't want off stealth mechanics. You don't want stealth mechanics, Kelly. Bad stealth They're... mechanics are bad. Always. There could be cool elements though if they if they just think about it right like what if you know you uh irritate a voltorb or something like that and it sends off you know an electric charge that maybe destroys a couple of the photos you took you know just little things like that could be a nice addition you know to what you're doing yeah all i'm saying is i'm hoping it feels like more Whatever that it's is. It's like you're wanting more and then we're giving you suggestions for more and you're like, no, I don't want more. Well, Just saying. 
That's just because you're not good game designers. <laughs> I am not a good game designer. <laughs> Maybe that's the that's the truth. They've tried for 20 years to make a new Pokemon Snap, couldn't come up with anything interesting, and that's the real reason we haven't had a new one. And now it's at the point where, like, screw it, we gotta do it. Even putting out the same thing again is gonna get us a bunch of money, so let's just get it over with. People realize there's no new tricks up this in this bag, so stop asking us for new ones. <laughs> I mean, I'm slightly okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, what do you have to do? What do you think? Maybe training a Pokemon companion to help you get new shots? Well, yeah. You know, well, I mean, like, the late, the last couple of Pokemons, you haven't had HMs. You've had, uh, like, ride Pokemon. So maybe as you level up, you get mm. different, like, a Charizard to ride around on or a Sharpedo. Okay. Yeah, and that unlocks new shots you can get. Yeah. I guess ultimately the most important thing is that there are funny, interesting things that the Pokemon are doing for you to see and discover. So I guess that's what's most important, right? Well, people were already horrified at a, uh, I think it was a Pidgey in the trailer picking up a Magikarp. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Are we back into the what do Pokemon eat discussion? Yeah. (laughs) They had a few moments like that. They're in the original game, I remember a, a horde of Pidgeys like beating up on a Meowth because he went in the wrong area or something like that. It, they had a the, few... me- the Meowth was chasing the Pidgeys. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were not pleased by his uh, his intrusion. All right. Pokemon Snap. We waited a long time. It's finally happening. It'll be out eventually do we know when we don't know when oh no no clue they just Anna says it. soon i don't know where she's getting that from but soon the blizzard soon yeah did she put a tm after because if it's not then it's not actually soon <laughs> she did not put a tm yeah all right cyberpunk rpg cloudpunk not to be confused with the game cyberpunk it's going to get physical copies. You can go pre-order those, I guess. No? No, this is just an announcement that there will be physical copies. Pre-orders go live on June 25th. So if you've been waiting for Cloudpunk, um, good on you, because I don't remember what that is. Oh, it's the thing with the... Sh- it looks like the uh, the traffic in the first Star Wars movie. The first Star Wars movie. The uh, Sorry. What I mean the is Star episode Wars two. Prequel? Episode two. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like flying around the shitty in episode two. And I don't know what that's going to be as far as a game goes, but that's Cloudpunk. So they're going to have a physical version. Uh, Operencia, the Stolen, the Stolen Sun. This is a dungeon, first-person dungeon crawler I've played a little bit of a while back. It was on Game Pass. Uh, what I played was simple but fine. Um, I, I think I liked it. I just never stuck with it. Um, cause I'm an idiot. So now you'll have it in VR. Woo-hoo. 30 Woo-hoo. bucks for PSVR, Steam VR, Oculus Rift S, and Oculus Quest. Wait. So if you have a regular Oculus Rift, it won't work? Is that what that means? I don't know. 
Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 got delayed, which I guess gives you more time to play Cloudpunk. Um, so let's see. Cyberpunk 2077 has been delayed to November. When do we have just November? Do you have a date? 19th. November 19th instead of September 17th. So that's two months. The Xbox One and PS4 versions of Cyberpunk 2077 will be playable on PS5 and Xbox One, Xbox Series X as soon as those consoles launch. And a free upgrade to the native versions of those games. So essentially, they'll patch it to work better on those consoles later for free. So look forward to that. And Metabots Classic Plus is coming to Switch in Japan. Do we care about Metabots? I mean, it's an interesting Pokemon clone from way back in the day. It's a Pokemon clone that looks like Mega Man? What is this thing? Anna knows about it. Natsume must have published one of them or something. I think he built robots in that. So it'll be... Let's see, Metabots Classics Plus, an enhanced version of the Metabots Classic Collection, which already came out in 2017 for the 3DS. Um, And the Classics Plus Collection will have three additional games, and it'll be available in Kabuto and Kuwagata versions, which is, I guess, the equivalent of red versus green for this. Um, And and a limited advanced edition will contain both versions, so you just pay all the money you want to pay. And get all these Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance games. So it's just the old games. They're in Japanese. I don't know how useful this is for most of our listeners, but that's the thing. All right. Cardaclysm was announced as part of Not E3. It is a single-player RPG without in-app purchases. And it's cloud-based battle system. I have wishlisted this on my Steam because... Oh. That's the sort of game I was looking for a while back. So somebody's sitting there announcing it. It was like, oh, thank you. That's what I was looking for. Yes, please. Um, you pl- face off against the four horsemen of the apocalypse. You're a dark wizard and stuff. I don't know. But you collect cards and play things and make decks. So go check that out. It'll be out this summer on Steam. The polit- pol- Potionomics. It's it looks like a receteer game more or less. It's not a receteer game, but it's like that kind of the same structure. It looks like it's very pretty looking though, which receteer was not in my opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, you run a shop and you're trying to fight off a debt collector and you make potions and stuff. It is being published by Exceed Games and no release date given. So you can start waiting for that game. I'm uh, loving the facial expressions in that. Mm-hmm. The character is very expressive. <laughs> Developer Run Wild Entertainment and publisher Versus Evil announced the action RPG Almighty Kill Your Gods. It's coming to PC on Steam. No release date announced. Um, you are some species of aliens um, that have tails and horns and, I don't know, people... You go and kill gods, and people praise you, and that seems to give you magic power to go kill more gods. I don't know. And then you carry, you carry like 
body parts of the things you killed back to town as like trophies and that's the fun part so if you've ever played wow and you've seen anixia's head show up in stormwind and you're like i wish i could have carried that myself back myself and everyone could cheer for me while i did it that seems to be one of the things they're doing here <laughs> so now uh, that game looks cool it does look cool i'm actually interested in this one um and you build a giant tower in your town to like get more faith or bonuses or something and i don't know it looks like it go any any way it could be real good or real dumb by the end of it but um i think it's we're still like waiting that. a while till it comes out it's hmm? something like that in fable didn't they where I like i don't remember killed like a boss and you would get like a trophy and uh if you showed it off to like townsfolk and stuff it earns you renown listen you yeah. don't show this, this off actually, yeah. the, the hand is, to... is as big as a house people oh. notice it <laughs> yeah and you Got have it. to carry it back that's part of the issue is we carrying it back with people attacking you oh <laughs> oh no don't this attack the trailer. me that could be interesting there's no confirmed release date um, and all we know it's coming to PC on Steam so no Place for Bravery was announced from Isbird Games and developer Glitch Factory. It's a top-down action RPG, and that's all I know. Um, it's narrative. It's coming out PC and Switch in 2021. And there is a trailer, and it's got pixel art, so you can go check it out and see if you like it. Uh, it looks hard. A uh, horror punk action RPG, Morbid, The Seven Acolytes, is releasing this year. What is a horror punk action RPG? What What is horror punk? Um, I don't know. Aesthetic? Y- you got me. All right. So this this is a horror aesthetic. Lots of blood everywhere. Whoops. Um, actually... It looks like a more flat 2D cartoonish Diablo 2 aesthetic, if you asked me, um, with a little bit more blood and gore in the menu designs. Um, and you have an inventory like Diablo 2 with like squares that things take up. Uh, oh, but when you kill things, blood really squirts out here. Look at that blood everywhere. So there, there's your horror punk. We need to stop naming aesthetics punk. Yeah, I don't understand that one. How did that become a thing? Well, it's a music genre that incorporates punk. Oh. As well. But it's, okay. sort, of, it's sort of based on horror and science fiction B-movies. Okay. Well, there you go. PC, PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, set to be released later this year. Rogue Lords was announced. I'm going to guess this is a roguelite. That is a roguelike. Excuse me. It's publisher Nacon. Nacon. Developer Cyanide Studio and Lycars. Lycare. Lakeir Studio. Uh, <laughs> Mortals and other entities live side by side. It's set to be released this fall for PC, PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch. It's set in the 17th century. You control the devil after he's left in a weakened state following a defeat. And so you get a bunch of followers and go 
do roguelike things to get back. And it looks like side by side view combat, like Darkest Dungeon, and I'm sure there's other things going on. So whatever. Oh, it is game over. Though it is game over if players fail. As a last resort, they can directly use the devil's power to cheat via the game interface. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Cheating is a game mechanic. <laughs> all right, what else we got? Doors of Insanity, also announced during all this, um, from developer One Shark and publisher Another Indie. This is a uh, card-based combat um, rogue-like where you die a lot. Um, so again with side view, but this is cards, card combat, and I don't know how you progress, but it looks like it's really hard, um, and you'll die a lot. So, and Wolf Stride was announced alongside it. Uh, I've got a trailer for that as well. That was from publisher Raw Fury and developer OTA Imon. It's a turn-based mech RPG called Wolfstride. Is it black and white? Or is it just the trailer black and white? It's a turn-based mech RPG. I have no idea what it actually yeah, looks the like Yeah, the Steam screens it's all black and white. They want you to wishlist it, and then... I, I don't know what's going on. It looks weird. Go check it out. See if you'd like it. Um, Werewolf the Apocalypse Heart of the Forest has been announced. What's this about? Werewolf the um, Apocalypse, which is uh, a role-playing game, right? Yeah, same universe as Vampire the Masquerade. Okay. Um, and it's being designed by some people who wrote or and directed the first game in the Witcher series. And that's all we know. This is not uh, to be confused with Werewolf the Apocalypse Earth Flood. Oh, good. Are we doing like Warhammer, where there's just going to be tons of Werewolf and um, Vampire the Masquerade games now? Yep. Okay, great. Wait, did a new Kingdom Hearts get announced? Uh, Rhythm Game. What? No. No, I reject this. It looks fun. How does this work? All right, so 140 songs from the series are going to be in this action rhythm game. Sometime in 2020 is when it comes out. Uh, all right, and what do you do? You go down the track and you fight Heartless to the beat of the music. Okay. Um, you fly a gummy ship to choose your level. Square Enix was... Uh tired of doing theater rhythm apparently and decided to give it to uh kingdom hearts which is funny because at the beginning of the trailer the characters show up in the theater rhythm style oh really yeah oh they do yeah. look at that i'm not they totally do in kingdom hearts at all but uh i would i would totally get this Ugh. Um, I played the crap out of both theater rhythm games, and if they would have put the Dragon Quest one out in the U.S., I would have played the crap out of that one, too. Yeah, same. And I th- I'm pretty sure one of the theater rhythms had Kingdom Hearts songs as DLC. 
Wow. Yeah, I'm watching the trailer that uh, Chris has up on the stream, and yeah. You're just sitting like, there watching them eat popsicles, which I think is a Kingdom Hearts meme at this point, isn't it? Um, yeah, and I mean, what's going what's going on right there is pretty much exactly how theater rhythm plays out. Yep. It's just in 3D as opposed to theater rhythm being 2D. So maybe it's made by that same... Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. developer or whatever. Sold Square Enix. Keep giving me more music games. All right. So when's that coming out? Sometime this year. Okay. Uh, all right. Fantasy Star Online 2 uh, detailed their content roadmap, which I think we talked about earlier, right? Nothing else to add here. Episode 4 in August. Episode 6 will be the last thing out in the year. And then... Yeah. Alright. I don't know. Story of Seasons Friends of Mineral Towns coming out on PC. July 14th. Unexplored 2 has a trailer and it's on the Epic Games Store. That is an action roguelike. Roguelite, excuse me. Um, And if you backed it on Fig, you will get a code for Steam and Epic. So that's nice that they worked that out. Uh, New World has a closed beta beginning this month. If you don't remember what New World is, that's okay. Neither do I. That is... Uh, an Amazon Game Studio thing. All right. It's an MMORPG, so good luck. Elden Path of the Forgotten is coming to PC and Switch in July. That's a one-man Australian-developed game. That's an interesting old-school PC pixel art thing going on there. All right. Go check that out. See the trailer cause to understand that. Um, it looks hard. Uh <laughs> Slay the Spire is out now on iOS. If you haven't played that, everyone seems to like it a lot, so you can go check it out. Uh, Mercenary Saga Chronicles has a physical reprint available on Video Games Plus. What is Video Games Plus? It's a Canadian retailer. It's a Canadian retailer. All right. Okay. My Canadian wife says it's the best way to buy video games in Canada. That's right. We're doing ads for videogamesplus.ca now, apparently. The Four Relics of Rivalon has been added to Divinity Original Sin 2, and if I recall, people were complaining about this, and I don't know why. But I remember hearing there were some complaints about Divinity Original Sin's 2 new DLC. Um, I don't know what's up with that. Maybe it broke the game or caused some instability or something. But, uh, yeah, if you've got the game, you're just going to have that for free. It's not like paid DLC or anything. You just go get it. Um, So that's a new little expansion thing. And it has been added to both versions? Is it on the Switch one, too? Yeah, all versions. All versions, good. And let's see. Is it wrong to try to pick up girls in a dungeon? That's a video game. Infinite Combat. Combat? Was oh, that spelled right? Combate? What does that mean? Infinite combate. 
It's a dungeon crawling RPG based on the Is It Wrong to Try to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon light novel and anime series, which is also known as Don Maki. Why is it known as Don Maki? That's a shortening of the Japanese name. Okay. It's set in a fantasy world where the deities have limited their powers to try and experience the challenges of the world's citizens. Okay. Is this part of that same genre of waking up in a different world sort of thing? Yeah, no? yeah, it's yeah. okay. Okay. There we go. <sighs> That's all we got for news. So, now that you've experienced Mini E3, what's your favorite game? Um, Stray. Stray. That's the correct <laughs> answer, I think. Yeah. I knew you would enjoy that. I saw that and instantly was like, oh, this is this is Kelly to a T. Kelly's I, game I, of the generation <laughs> already yeah. announced for PS5. <laughs> I, I got so many PMs. Uh, have, you, have you seen the game? Kel, have you seen the game? It's got cats. Like, yes. <laughs> Yes. The cats have backpacks. Yes. My <laughs> husband was like, you're buying a PS5 day one, aren't you? I'm like, oh, well, I don't know. Because well, it didn't say... She doesn't know because we don't know if the game comes out on launch or not. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, I'm going to have to see if, like, the cat dies horribly. Oh, or... why do you assume that? The cats uh, could be fine, Kelly. You're I, in I control of the cat. I need a rating first, All put right. it that way. It should it should speak volumes that a lot of these games that are set in post-apocalyptic worlds always have the cats being the ones that survive, yeah. you know, alongside yeah. robots and stuff. So, I mean, you're right. It could still be a sad or emotional story, but I don't know, man. If they're resilient enough to withstand this apocalypse, then I feel Kelly, like... Kelly, even yeah. if the cat dies, I think you'd be okay with this one because you're fully invested in the cat. And you get to know the cat, you control the cat, and if the cat's it's dying, it's a noble sacrifice or something, you know? It's going to be okay. I, it's just a legit concern, that's all. Right. all right. We have some new releases coming out this week, we should talk about them. Little Town Heroes hitting PS4, finally. That's the, uh, is that the the Pokemon people one, or not? Yeah, that's the game. Yeah. 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 Brigandine, The Legend of Runercia, is on Switch. Yeah. No, no good? I played the demo of that game, if you recall, and I was bored to tears. Yeah. And Tower of Time comes to PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. I don't know this one. Let's see. A new kind of RPG. Story-rich dungeon crawler with innovative real-time combat. That lets you pause or slow time. I haven't heard of this. Uh, wait, this came out in 2018, apparently. Mostly positive reviews on Steam. And it is out for the consoles now. So, Do we have a review of it at all? Probably not. Maybe we'll have one no. now. I'd like to know if it's good. Because it looks interesting. Different. Alright. Cool. And that's it for new releases. What are you going to play this week, Kelly? Um, more ease. Okay. Peter Thomas. Uh, I actually got uh, the Wonderful 101 remastered yesterday. Uh, oh, cool. So I think I will be playing that this week. Cool. 
And Alex. See the now playing section. <laughs> just, <laughs> just all of those again. Just Which is kind of, of the... that's where I'm at. Yeah. If I can oh, talk also, Kelly into playing some, oh, go ahead. Yeah, also possibly death comes true if it comes out okay. in the West. I'm gonna gonna say, do you want to play Magic tonight instead of Civ, so that we can actually go to bed at a decent time? No, I want more Civ. <laughs> okay. We can. I'm play gonna Magic. try to be there with you guys this time. I'm very bad at the game, but I will try. Oh, don't worry. You're amongst uh, good company because we all all suck at this game. It is the most antisocial multiplayer game I have ever seen. I don't know it's what like, it is like. We just sit there and say nothing. Clicking next turn, and it's like, are we really playing together? Are we doing this wrong? Maybe we should play magic so, instead. <laughs> we're all so focused on what we're trying to accomplish that that nobody wants to break each other's concentration. Especially when you know one one of us is picking fights with Gandhi, and the other one of us is picking fights with Russia. <laughs> yeah. So depending on who shows up, we'll have to decide if we're continuing the game or starting a new one. And, uh, yeah, that'll be it for that. And then I would say that's all we got. Oh, right. Final Fantasy V. I will be continuing to work on that for the Forge Up Fiesta. So I think that's all we got. Remember, the question of the week is, um, have you ever regretted a game slash console purchase because of a port later on? Like buying a Vita a week before Persona 4 Golden dropped on PC? Which it's a bad decision on your part, but it's not like your well, fault. It's just, it's well, kind of it, weird. But well, it's like how, how one how could you predict that too? It's not like you bought a Jaguar or anything that has no good games. The Vita has a ton of good games. Yeah, that's true. And yep. you still get to play Persona Four Golden. So yeah, and you get to, you get to yep. play it portably. You're yeah. right. Which that game was actually really good portably. There you go. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So right. go cry some more tears. <laughs> QQ more. <laughs> Let us know your response to that question. We will catch you next week. We stream live every 9 a.m. Pacific noon Eastern on RP or excuse me on Twitch.tv slash RP Gamer. I think that's all we got. Um, we'll catch you next week. Thanks everybody for being on. Thanks Kelly, Alex, and Peter. Mm. Uh, thanks to Dale North for doing our show's music forecast for being our MP3 encoder. And thank you, dear listener for listening to the show. Um, go watch all the trailers because lots of things were announced and we can only do so much of a job of, of covering their announcements here on the show. You kind of need to see them in action. So I encourage you to do that. There's a lot of exciting titles coming. Um, or at least a lot of interesting looking titles coming and you kind of need to see them to understand them. So go check that out and enjoy mini E3 that we had. And uh, we'll catch you next week to talk more about um, hopefully just normal summer gaming and catching up on things and trying the new thing here or there. Um, Either that or Peter will have convinced us all to play fantasy star online too. And that's all we'll talk about. I'm sure he will try. Doubtful, doubtful, but I'm hopeful. All right. (laughs) We'll catch you next week, everyone. Till then, goodbye. Bye.